Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, the revolution will not be televised. RC one mic. This thing right here is for my people's streets. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one mic. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as this man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. Just looking around, the jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And you can do that you know, People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Welcome, 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 welcome to RG One Mic on the Real Sports Guys platform. This is our show where we take the topic deep, 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 and I'll talk a little bit about what our main topic will be uh, tonight. Uh, but if you have a chance, you want to follow us, please you, uh, look for Real Sports Guys on all social media platforms. Um, of course, you can get us at iTunes or whatever your preferred podcast platform. Just um, search for Real Sports Guys. If you come up, you'll see, like, the orange mic, and then, you know, you can get hyped at that point. Uh, listen to us. Please uh, give us a review, shout-out. Um, I want to thank all the folks who have been on the Facebook page responding to uh, the picture we put up there after the Ohio State game uh, where my man uh, just came in and tried to, again, put the flag, basically trying to put the flag down there um, uh, 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 in the middle of the field. And so the Sooner fans and the Buckeye fans have been on the, on the Real Sports College page. arguing like the game is going to be played again tomorrow, but we appreciate you all keeping it hype. And all these folks out here have been debating with me on all things political, um, you know, bring your A game, uh, or I'll give you the tumble finger. But we'll get into more of that uh, when we get into the deeper stuff because the revolution will be televised, it'll be tweeted, and it's going to be posted. And we'll we'll talk about that uh, uh, tonight. But before I, I get into uh, any of our topics tonight, I, I want to thank all our good folks over there at Carbon World Health, Dr. Nessie Rodriguez and the crew. Uh, go to carbonworldhealth.com. Uh, to check out all the solutions, uh, you know, Carbon World Health is the complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Uh, just let them know that the real sports guy sent you. And I got to bring my man, Big Bang Hank, uh, my brother. We got a lot to talk about. How you doing today? I'm doing well, D. You know, I just want to take this time out to, to to wish you well. Also, to all of our listeners out there, 
You know, happy fall, even though over here in the Midwest, it's a balmy 88 degrees here on in, oh, in late yeah. September. Who would have thunk it? You know, but, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain, you know, because I know what it's going to be like in, in a couple of weeks. It might be like that tomorrow around here. But I would be remiss mm-hmm. if I didn't just at least take a moment before we get into all this heavy talk and give a shout-out and just say, you know, my personal prayers are to all those survivors of Hurricane Irma, uh, what's going on Hurricane Maria and Jose, as well as the Houston area and Harvey. Just want to just let you guys know we haven't forgot about you, you know, that that, that you're still in our prayers, you're still in our thoughts. Yeah, and I want to echo that. And, you know, if you have friends and family who have folks, or you have uh, friends or coworkers who have folks who are in the Caribbean or in some of these places, to hit, you know, check in on them. You know, a lot of people are, will be quiet or they'll be walking around or you might see them, you know, disappearing or whatever. Check in on them, um, you know, particularly um, when you think about Puerto Rico and um, and how how it's been hit as well. And, um, you know, people haven't been able to, you know, get in contact with loved ones and a lot of things. You know, sometimes it can go a long way just to check in on somebody and just to say, see how you're doing. You know, um, you know I, I do that for you know, my colleagues and whatever, and just because there's it, nothing like, you know, uh, knowing something's happened with your family, you feel helpless, you can't really be there. So make sure you check in on folks. And, uh, you know, at this time in our country's history, we need more people checking in on other folks. That's the theme we're going to be pushing here on Real Sports, guys. So, Hank, as always, man, you have you always hit the right notes, man. That's why you sing. That's why you got that five heart, heartbeat voice. People don't know that. Hey, 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 hey. We, 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 we about to bring a duet to him tonight, though, I'm telling you. Oh, we're going to hit him in the head. And, you know, a lot's been going on out here. We're going we're gonna to get to what's been going on. You know, we got we got 45 uh, out here calling folks out uh, and, and saying some crazy stuff. Uh, he, even got, he even got the owners off the bench and into the game, um, got them activated in ways, the only way he could actually do it. Um, it's just been a lot of stirring. You know, it says a lot about where we are in our country. Um, but, you know, what I'm so happy about is the role that folks, athletes and others, uh, particularly in the sports world, uh, when it can be so easy for people to say, just give me, I just want like, you know, I just want my MTV, like the old song, rock and roll song there. Um, and, 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 and folks are saying, look, there's some more important things. And so we'll, we'll get deep into that and uh, talk about that for most of our podcasts and, um, I'll set the table for that. Uh, but crazy weekend for college football. And, you know, those of you, you know, because I haven't been watching a lot of NFL because I got rid of my um, uh, red zone and uh, NFL ticket. Um, uh, so I haven't been doing a lot, you know, just trying to do my little thing like the game changing, you know, uh, who is, uh, is is leading us in our voice here on RSG. So, you know, I was just trying to be, you know, uh, you know, he got me thinking, and so I haven't been into him, but I just haven't been inspired to watch, um, given all this stuff. And so college football has kind of become uh, my haven in a way, you know, um, you know, uh, a way for me to, you know, uh, get my fix um, and, and and watch these these young folks who have a dream of going to the next level. And there were some great games last night, um, you know. Uh, that that kind of pushed uh, the game. I probably want to start with uh, Hank is in Iowa. 
you know, last year they took Michigan out. Michigan was what ranked number three, I think, when they went in there. Um, yeah. And um, down the wire, got that touchdown and got the victory over Michigan and changed Michigan's trajectory and you know somewhat you know it bumped them or put a tough position where they had to win down uh, in Columbus uh, to even uh, 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 make that run to be uh, in the in the in the in the, in the final four of the championship. And then they they have you know Penn State coming in here. And they ready to do it to them again, and um, everybody is bringing their game uh, that uh, uh, last night. You're going back and forth, down in the wire, um, and uh, uh, then you have those Nittany Lions just kind of sneaking tip. And if you have a chance to go on our Instagram, I, I put up a little post uh, where uh, 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 where it's like we're going because you know on the, on the touchdown score, uh, uh, receiver just basically uh, told everybody in Iowa City. Uh, the, the, the settle down a little bit, but you watched that game last night. What did you learn about the two teams? Um, uh, well, I'll night? tell you. Obviously, we we um, uh, have underestimated that home field advantage that is at night in Iowa City. Uh, I think that when you look at if you look at that game as a whole, and you look at Iowa as a team in and of itself outside of that element, there's nothing to write home about, okay? There's nothing to write home about the Iowa Hawkeyes. They are a basic team. They made some plays that, quite frankly, were surprising me, some some big plays late in that ball game to make it what it was, where you can call what um, Penn State to be, what Penn State did as epic, you know, but you go um, – 80 yards in a minute and something, that's that's pretty epic in and of itself. What I learned is what the rest of the country is, is finally realizing and what we talked about a little bit last year, D, and that is that Saquon Barkley is a man. Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. is and has been one of the best uh, college athletes in, the, in, in college football for actually the last two years. It's just unfortunately that now people are starting to figure it out because now, once again, Penn State has become relevant. But what I did, what I what I did see was I saw a complete team in Penn State. I saw them, you know, get that monkey off their back down in Iowa City. But I also saw that 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 the Big Ten, in my opinion, is still wide open. It's still wide open. I still think that while everybody is really praising uh, Penn State, I still believe that the jury is still out. This team still needs to play Ohio State, who, you know, I hate to say it. But, you know, they're not going to be a pushover. I'll tell you who else is not going to be a pushover in the East. Even though they, they looked pretty raggedy last night, it's going to be Michigan State. And, oh, by the way, the University of Michigan, who has a very, very athletic defense that can, that, and then guys that can run with Saquon Barkley. So what I saw was exciting. What I saw was entertaining. But um, I, the jury is still out four games in. Yep, the the, the Nittley Lions uh, uh, nip Iowa 21-19 uh, last second touchdown reception by Jawan Johnson, and I think we saw another star. You know, Saquon Barkley wasn't the only electrifying back on the field. Uh, Akram Wadley, um, who had oh, 80 yards rushing, 75 yards receiving, uh, that 70-yard run he put in was electric. I mean, he had some incredible. Um, uh, 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 plays. Um, he averaged 18 yards per, a little over 18 yards per reception, 4.2 yards rushing. Um, I think we saw somebody who is, um, uh, you know, um, th- that they can really lean on um, uh, going down the, 
down the stretch here and that people really need to pay attention to. This is a guy that can take the ball uh, to the house um, in a way. And so, you know, things look, you know, um, great for them. Uh, you know, both teams last night, um, you know, Penn State did. Actually, what Michigan couldn't do is, you know, close it out in the end down there. And so to keep themselves alive because, you know, I like you said, Iowa City is not – is a tough place. Uh, to play, and you got to have your game uh, together if you're going to be there. Um, you need to be able to um, keep it tight. That 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 crowd is going to be on top of you. Um, they're going to be ready to go, and folks are going to play hard uh, for you. Like you said, you, you, there's nothing. Usually, there's nothing for them to write home about uh, when you're talking about Iowa. They just play hard, um, and and they get after you. The game that was a, uh, uh, to me was. Uh, given the hype that folks had um, when they started, um, was uh, TCU over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's offense was like a video game up until this point. You know, they still put 31 points on the board. Um, you know, uh, Big 12 has not been known for defense uh, all around. But, you know, you had Mason Rudolph was just, um, you know, being electrifying. You had Justin Hill, uh, who was killing folks um, and, and, and doing his thing. And uh, TCU, um, under the direction of Kenny Hill, um, you know, uh, came into Stillwater and said, hey, we're going to take the money. We're going to take the money and the power. And uh, they walked away 44-31, and you just got to say, wow, you know, TCU, you know, sitting here uh, at 4-0, 1-0 in conference, um, you know, looks looks uh, looks pretty interesting uh, right now, um, Oklahoma State was just, you know, looking look, looking good, and at some points looking unbeatable, at least unstoppable uh, on offense. I don't know if you had a chance uh, to check that game out uh, at all, but um, if you have, well, you know, what kind of thoughts do you have about those two teams? You know what? I think people slept on TCU. I, you know, I think mm-hmm. that what they did was they looked at the game in which they played Arkansas, and they're like, okay, yeah. it's just another bad Arkansas team. Um, and and they just they just put it on them again yet again, but this was this was legit. Okay, TCU came out blazing against uh, Oklahoma State, absolutely blazing. Now, Oklahoma State got off to a fast start in that game, but they did not relent at all. Now, when we started talking about uh, the PlayStation numbers, if you will, this was TCU for a long time. Okay, um, and then and the young man, the, the quarterback, the name escapes me right now. Uh, he looked that up for me, uh, D. Uh, he was the one he got suspended during the bowl game. Yeah, for TCU. This, this was a few years ago. He was the highest candidate. What's his name? Huh? Uh, oh, uh, Mason? Are you for, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. This is a few years ago uh, for TCU, uh, the quarterback. Oh, um, oh I know. He's, uh, it's uh, – we, we, I will let you go. You keep on running your thoughts. Okay, yeah, yeah, let me yeah, 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 pull that one up for me. But but anyway, y'all know who I'm talking about. But this, he was the one I know, I know that started to drink for that uh, for that offense. Okay, now they've got the quarterback. Uh, now now they're going to get back to that again. Okay, yeah, look for boy. TCU. Go ahead. Okay, look, look for oh, TCU boy. to really make some noise, man, in, in the Big 12. Now, the game you want to keep your eye on is when they play Oklahoma. Look for that to be a track meet. Get your popcorn ready. 
uh, get your get get your pop ready. That one is going to go for a minute. I'm here to tell you that that uh, TCU is is they're the unsung hero. Everybody was looking for Bedlam in the in the, in the Big Twelve. Okay, everybody was looking for 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 Bedlam. But this team, it, here we go again with them. You know, a few years ago, the year that Ohio State got to the national championship, it was TCU that was ranked number three. Okay, and then they, and then the, the committee pushed them out. So now they're they're coming back to what they were. I don't. I think that this team recruits well. They recruit Texas well. They've got some athletes, uh, but they were people slept on them. They slept on them, and 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 this is a team to really play close attention. They can score on anybody. So so we had that. That's I'm not really. I'm, I'm surprised because it was in Stillwater, but I'm not surprised because TCU has looked really good this year. Yeah, and you know, you and you know they're the one team that's going to bring defense uh, to uh, to the game with them, um, and they're going to slow things down. And, and I think in, in that Big Twelve, you know, I think that's one thing Oklahoma can do as well. If you got a good enough defense to attack teams, yes, um, you got to get one stop. You got to get one stop. You got to get one time for them to punt. You got to be a. You got to have a defense that can uh, uh, make that happen. Um, another game that got me, uh, you know, was really good to watch because we had a chance to um, uh, interview him on our RSG platform. Uh want to congratulate uh, Dave Doran and the uh, NC State Wolfpack, you know, going into Tallahassee uh, and getting that victory um, uh, over the Seminoles, uh, playing tough. Physical. That was a great game to watch. That kind of kicked your day off uh, a little bit. Um, when you watch it, but you know they they brought that they brought the defense, um, they they got after it, um, they they were uh, punishing. Um, it was it was uh, it was good to watch. And, you know they needed to get that victory and try to get over the top. You know they they kind of been winning and they get into those games against those top ten teams and uh, uh, falling short. But to be able to finally uh, get something over the top there and you know and. Uh, you know, Florida State got some soul searching dudes. You know, they're sitting there at zero and two, one one conference. They got some soul searching to do. They got some, you know, uh, uh, you know, they got to figure out, you know, what they're going to be because it's not going to get any easier for them. Um, but for Doran and that Wolfpack, you know, they are they have they have decided that they're going to let folks know. Um, I mean, they are putting Blackman down, um, and Finley played a really good game. Um, and so they 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 played that physical football that I know that uh, uh, Dorn likes to play. Um, and um, you got a couple of these teams who people thought were going to make some noise on the ropes early, on the ropes early. You know, you know, having to dig out. <laughs> you know, you know, you got you got to have a team. They having a team only uh, meeting. Um, and I'll tell you, a player that you got to be able to watch out for is Bradley Chubb. This cat does not play for NC State. Like, this is a bona fide first-round draft uh, choice linebacker, and he, uh, for NC State, is, he takes no prisoners, he takes no shorts. So that was one game. Uh, the game that I called my job may be on the line, bone was Texas A&M and Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know how it is. Hey, I just gotta have a win. <laughs> I need right, right, to right. have a meaningful victory. You know, it ain't just one of the ones where 
I just need, this is the way, like I said, a message to the regents. To, we just we can win. Um, we can win a game because the person coming out of this one with the law is going to be in trouble. That's the thing that I say about that game, and it it, it is nothing like. I mean, and, you know, uh, we've had Brett on, um, and so you know, I I, I kind of want Brett to, to do well, but I like Sumlin. It was like two coaches that I like generally watching them try to figure it out. I mean, it was it was uh, it was I w- I didn't want to say it was hilarious, but it was like these tests were. I mean, if you could have put a jug of Pepto Bismol on the sideline for both of them, they would have drank it all. I mean, it was every play in that game for them was a must play, uh, a must win. And, you know, someone having to win, you know, uh, win one uh, in the house because he get a lot of criticism for not holding on home field uh, was uh, was a very important kind of thing to do. So um, that was that was a, a, a crazy game to watch just because of the, uh, of the pressure uh, that these guys uh, were under uh, to try to try to, to to get a victory. So I just call that my that that's my Pepto Bismo uh, game of the weekend. If I take something from uh, uh, from from uh, from Hank, <laughs> a little bit there. that was a fun game to watch. Oh, and let me just kind of rewind the tape a little bit. Trevon Boykin was the quarterback I was thinking about for TCU. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but going forward now, so. That was a fun game to watch. And you're right. You you, you could call it the Pepto-Bismol Bowl. It truly was. You know, both of those coaches. Because the question is now, and this is another one of those coaches we really ain't talked a lot about, is Brett Bielema, who has had a pretty much of a so-so, uh, a so-so experience down there in Arkansas. You know, he... You know when he when he took that job, you know Wisconsin was a power. He was a powerhouse. You know he helped build that to a powerhouse, and now he goes to Arkansas, and pretty much people are expecting him to do the same thing in the SEC. Uh, he hasn't had the success that many had thought he would have at this point in his career down there, and pretty much Arkansas has just been a you know let's, let's call it what it is a mediocre ball team. And so here he is, everybody and their mama, especially if they listen to our show, they know that Kevin Sumlin is on. Now, he's not on the hot seat. That thing is on fire. It's, 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 it's black, and, they, and, and, they've, and they've called in, you know, fire departments from three counties over because his seat is so hot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So everybody knows this. So he comes in there with all this flame going on, you know. They're like, okay, now you got a freshman quarterback that he's got to play. What's going to happen? And lo and behold, here we are now, you know, back in Jerry World, right? The only thing I couldn't understand yep. about that, the only you could help me understand is why was uh, Arkansas dressed like the Mason uh, uh, Dixon line version of the Ohio State Buckeyes? I didn't understand the uniform choice uh, for that game. You know, it, it looked just like the Ohio State Buckeyes with a pig on the helmet. I, I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm confused here. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm watching it. I said, is this some sort of throwback? They need to throw that one back. You know, it's like they need to stay. They need to stay classic. But you know, I, I, I digress. You know, I don't want to get off too much on that. But that that concerned me. I couldn't even root for them because of the uniform. But anyway, that was an entertaining game. Went out to overtime and everything. But when you watch that game, you just you just you just saw where you just thought that Arkansas was moving the ball at will 
okay, going down the field, they were making a prettier play. You just figure, okay, all y'all got to do is just have a stop, anything. Have somebody trip on the turf, and y'all got this game. And it just did not happen. It did not happen for them. So now the target is squarely on, on Brett Bielema. He, he It's not just about making a bowl game this year. He, he's got to show that, you know, they're making some progress. They've got, they've got to try to take – you know, mighty Alabama is still there, but you you got to make some noise now. Otherwise, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that with that situation. Yeah, I mean, I think you put it up. I mean, I mean, Kirk makes the big play that I mean breaks breaks the Razorback back. You know, and the look of just consternation on Dylan's face when he ran that touchdown in uh, was classic. I mean, I, I could see it going through his mind. Um, and he tries to keep it positive, and um, you know they usually close out pretty good. He's had some big wins, uh, but like you said, it, it, you know it, it's always feels like it ends up, you know, around fifty-fifty, or it ends up, you know, you're gonna make a ball game, but it doesn't. You're not ending up in the top ten, top five in a way that you thought that they might challenge a little bit more. So um, you're right; these are two coaches that are going to have to figure this out pretty quickly. Um, you know, someone's got a little bit more time to breathe, at least one more week. <laughs> As you said, yeah, hey, you got one more. Well, let me let me add this real quick. Let you go. We'll go on with you with your thought. But but see, here is where he actually. I'm talking about Bielema. He actually blew his his, his excuse. Okay, he would have been okay. Yeah. Uh, the fact that when T when we see what TCU has become. Okay, beating mm-hmm. the number six team in the land. He got a he could he, can, he could technically get a, technically get a pass on that. Okay, he's like this yep. team was grossly underrated. They're better than that, but the debacle that was Texas A and M and what happened in the UCLA game. They came back in their next game against I want to say a Division Two an FCS team, and 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 barely got by them. Now you got them at home. Now you got them, you know, in Jerry World. You can really kind of springboard your season. Everybody and their mama knew that Sumlin was on the hot seat, as I said before, and now you let that one get away. You know, it, it, it's going to be tough in Fayetteville. He's, he's got to, he's got to uh, pull a rabbit out of his hat or something. Yeah, he's got to. He's got he's got to figure something out. Uh, and and then we have the number three Oklahoma Sooners had to eke it out. They had to eke it out against Baylor, who uh, uh, was zero uh, three at the time, now zero four with the loss, forty nine forty one. You know, those kind of weeks will happen. It will happen, you know. You just sometimes you just you guys you even know what you say, you know, and that this is a team that's going to fight. Everybody got to get dressed. Uh, you think that's going to happen? And then Oregon goes down to Arizona State, um, you know, after uh, getting out the gate first. You know, everybody thought that Oregon was uh, getting back on track, but I think it's going to take a little more time out there for them to get uh, consistent. Uh, but the game that we got to talk a little bit about because you know I was in Dallas and had some question marks. Uh, just about quarterback play. And uh, Michigan went into Purdue, and if you look at the score, you're going to say, well, you know, it, it wasn't close. But if you watch the game, that, those are really scores captain, you know, in the fourth quarter late. I mean, Purdue came out to play. I mean, they were getting after it. Um, they uh, were up uh, 14-10 in the third quarter, and Michigan ended up just scoring 14 points in the fourth. Um, uh, Wilton Spate goes down. Um, early, um, and uh, did they bring in uh, O'Corn into the game, uh, who 
you know, I've liked from the beginning. I just, I just think this guy's got he's got a little bit more mobility. Uh, he's quicker to make decisions. Um, you know, Michigan's defense is clearly a championship level defense. Uh, that Devin Bush Jr. is all over the place. Um, uh, they got speed. They get to the ball. Offense, they got they got some skill players, uh, but they need the quarterback to kind of pull it together. And you kind of saw what the offense could become in the second half. You know, they basically scored uh, 21 points in the second half. Uh, once he got warmed up, um, and Purdue is establishing a mindset. Sometimes the first thing you got to do is establish a mindset, uh, a way that you play, and they're definitely establishing that down in West Lafayette. Um, but just your thoughts a little bit uh, about the Wolverines, and um, you know they might move up a couple spots, but you know as we were saying off the air, they got a little bit of tweaking to do. Yeah, listen, um, you know, I, I got you know, I hate to correct you, little bro, but the score they they didn't score two touchdowns on that defense. I ain't giving you that. It went down Michigan went down ten to seven and then won the game twenty eight to ten. Okay, they kicked their last field goal, and then they might as well have punched out and watched the rest of the game with the fans because the defense wasn't giving up nothing else. But let's let's go back to to what's going no, on with Michigan. I, 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 I said Michigan scored three touchdowns. Uh, yeah, because that game was because Michigan went down ten to seven. They didn't go down fourteen to seven. <laughs> I'm not giving Purdue nothing, but I will give Purdue credit for this. Oh, oh, Purdue, oh, Purdue you know, they, they they are playing inspired football. I will give that coaching yeah. staff that 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 they 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 that that's a different Purdue team. They're going to give teams fits. Uh, you know, uh, a team like Purdue though with a laughing stock all them years. And Brom and his and his uh, and his coaching staff have done an amazing job. That team did not quit. They did not back up. You know, you can you can argue that they played dirty. I don't think that's dirty play. I think that's aggressive play from some young players that hadn't been taught to play aggressive, hard-nosed football from for for sixty minutes. So I give them a lot of credit for that. But now let's talk about Michigan for a minute. And 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 D, you you can relate to this, okay? Uh, if you've played any sort of organized sports, okay, and that means you got to go to practice. That means you got to show what you got to these coaches. Let's face it, man. You know, we, you've had those players, man. They just did not practice well. They practiced. They, they drove the coaches crazy. They just did not focus at practice at all. Okay, they, you, you would think they were dogging it, but they, the, the focus just wasn't there. And conversely, you had some players that were some of the best practice players you ever want to see. What I'm getting to is that once the lights come on and the game becomes real, you've also seen some of those guys that practice well, they get out there, and they crack their pants when the game is on the line. Conversely, you see some guys that uh, don't practice well, but then they become they some of your best players when the game is on the line. That's when they're able to focus. I think this is what we see here in Ann Arbor. I think that that, that, that Wilton Spate, Showed that he's a fine leader as long as you're playing seven on seven drills and you in Schembechler Hall, okay. But once the lights come on, he's like a deer in the headlights. That's not just me, you can just see it for yourself. But what you see with John O'Connor and what you saw on Saturday was a quarterback that played with confidence, that knew the offense, that knew his abilities, and played to the level of his abilities, and he carried that team on the offense. Uh, the other stat I want to throw is within three games with Wilton Spate this year, Michigan was one in ten in the red zone, the worst statistic in the whole in the nation. Okay, everybody knew it. Everybody was talking about it. 
John O'Corn comes in, they're in the red zone four times, they score four touchdowns. That's not a coincidence. That's a quarterback that understands the offense is not afraid to pull the, pull the trigger and, and, and lead his team. Going forward, Michigan, I don't think, has much of a decision to make. It's unfortunate for any player to get injured, and I wish the young man all the best. But his play on the field indicates that he's not ready to play. What we saw from Michigan is what could be a team that could contend in the Big Ten, provided that they keep John O'Connor quarterback. If Michigan, if Michigan, if, John, if um, Jim Harbaugh decides to play politics, bring that young man back and talk about Wilton Spate, he's going to lose two games at least. He's not supposed to lose. He may lose his team because you don't need to be Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder to see who's the better quarterback right now. <laughs> That's it. I, I, I've uh, I, I've said that. I said the difference between Michigan making a run and not is will be quarterback play. As I said about Wisconsin, um, and the Wisconsin quarterback seems to be growing into his role. State just just something that's that's happened there. And uh, I think you're right. Uh, Corn makes quick decisions. Um, he's he's decisive in the pocket. He he's there. Utilize in the red zone. I, the reason why they have problems is that's the one to the tight end. That's the one to the backs. You know, um, the cats are open, and I get the ball on time. And then I think later in the season, that'll open it up for the receivers to get um, much more, much, uh, many more opportunities for big plays, uh, just because they're utilizing the tight end in the backs a little bit more out of the backfield. So I think that's what Har- if you watch Harbaugh, that's what he likes to do. Um, I just don't think um, uh, Wilton, um, for whatever reason, tough enough to make those reads, held him to the ball too long. So. It's something I have to say this. I, I, I want to say this. I know we got to get to it to another segment, but I do want to say this about that. You know, there is a such thing as post-traumatic stress disorder in football. Okay, this young man got hit a couple, two, three times, had to have surgery. He's not been the same player. You know, those things can take your heart away. All right, I think that, and I think that's what we saw. I mean, I think he's trying. I don't think that this is anything that he's not trying to do. This ain't nothing about him personally. But his play has absolutely gone south. And when you have a defense that like Michigan has this year, this is a spectacular defense. You know, you, you, you want to be able to make a run with these young men. It would be real fun to watch, especially if they get anything on offense because it's like you don't know what to expect. You know you got this defense. If this offense gives you anything, man, you're talking about some some football in February in, in November that you can't wait for. I'm telling you, I hope I'm, I'm really hoping this, this coaching staff makes the right decision for this team. All right, y'all. Well, hey, when we come back, um, we're gonna talk about what's brewing. Um, we got a lot to talk about. We're gonna hear it here on one mic. You listen to Hank. And Devon, we're bringing it to you, uh, and be back in just a minute. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Win.
This is Doug Fisher, editor of RingTV.com, and I'm on the Real Sports Guys podcast. Alright, alright. Welcome back to our G one mic with Hank and Devon. Um as I always say, uh, you know, if you want to catch us all, we got a lot going on here on the platform. Um you can catch uh, uh Hustle and Flows with Snake Cool and uh Marcus. Uh they'll be dropping the they used to drop a special edition. All you gotta do is go to our RSG platform on iTunes and uh you can check it if you want to check out some of the back ones they've done. It's incredible the intersection between hip hop and sports. And then our big show uh, with myself, Phil, and Marcus, you know, that's kind of like uh, when we do the seminar at a barbershop, you just never know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to think they know what they're talking about, and then the other folks are going to get in on them, and, you know, anything can happen when you come into that space. And then uh, Hank, you know, my, my my guy here on the one mic with me has uh, Inside the Park. Uh, he'll be dropping another one here soon. Um, uh, letting you know it's getting, you know, it's getting there, uh, you know, and playoff time. Um, you know, but bringing that different spin to baseball beyond the metric, beyond the numbers, you know, bringing a little bit of soul back to baseball, you know, so it can get the people uh, uh, some energy and get them connected. Um, he's trying to translate that in as part of the Inside the Park podcast. But if this is one Mike, title of our show tonight is The Revolution. will be televised, tweeted, and posted. A lot's been happening, y'all. You know, 45's been busy. Uh, uh, a lot's been going on, and we thought we'd just take some time to kind of put it all in perspective because it seems like, um, uh, you know, you're beginning to get a response uh, around these issues across the sports world. Today, uh, several teams, including the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, decided to not come out of the locker room for the anthem. Part of it was, you know, they're not going to create a divisiveness in their space. They allow people to be who they want to be, and they decided, you know, when you heard Tom, Mike Tomlin talk about it, um, that um, that that they all been in the locker room. Um, they did have uh, Vileo, uh, who who was a former Ranger, um, was the only Steeler I think that went out, uh, but that's understandable. Um, but you see a lot of teams doing that. But let's start. Let's start with this. Uh, so our president down in Alabama, you know, early '60s, late '50s. Um, I think he, he had forgotten where he was. Um, and then he took the time, at the, you know, during that during his remarks down there to take a shot at the NFL players and other players, other athletes who were protesting, um, actually using a derogatory term to describe them and, and, and uh, that, that the owners should basically get them off the field and get them um, uh, out of it in, 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 a, in an essence of being patriotic. Um, and that drew a lot of response. And what's interesting about it, um, up until this point, um, the things that we've heard about from owners um, in some cases have probably has been, in some cases, equally divisive, um, really in some ways forced the owners to then respond, as well as Roger Goodell. Um, and then folks across the sports landscape. We had LeBron James uh, coming out with the video. Now the guys, guys are dropping videos now on him. Uh, came out the video, um, and this is following when uh, you know where he or at the same time had um, had something to say to Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors, stating that you know um, coming to the White House, um, you know post championship was an honor, um, and so he's in the middle of this, uh, uh, and it's creating a response in some ways, mobilizing 
uh, folks to uh, to respond. And so it's been a heavy week. I've been on Facebook, you know, uh, going back and forth with some folks. Uh, uh, as you probably have noticed, uh, Hank, uh, <laughs> I've, I've been I've been hitting them like Mayweather on Facebook, um, giving them <laughs> a tumbo finger, and trying to try to come back at me. Um, I hit them with the child, please. Uh, but um, it's been interesting to, to hear a number of these perspectives around uh, what um, folks believe is patriotic or not. And I believe there's been a, there's a sea change. And I, so maybe what I want to start with is did 45 in some way, um, in his indirect way, um, some kind of unifying presence, in, particularly in NFL where you had a definite chasm between some players on the field and owners. What, what do you think that, that, that his comments did? Do you see that as something that's kind of been a catalyst for pulling folks together? He absolutely did that. You know, we've been on these airwaves on several shows. Do you know this? We've talked about Colin Kaepernick and, and, and what he's been trying to do. And for the longest time, he was just one man with a cause. And, you know, while, you know, the NFL was going on its happy way, so forth and so on, um, he just kind of still sat out there and was a martyr for this whole thing. He had a few supporters that we saw, uh, but now for 45 to come out and to make make a, a statement as he did, and then for him to double down by postponing or uninviting the uh, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, he's done something that Colin Kaepernick couldn't do on his own. He's unified some folks, okay? And you, you look across the league today, the NFL, and you've seen several teams taking a protested stance, okay, and owners having to come out and say something about, uh, you know, to, to defend, you know, their league. Uh, it's, it's good in one way, and it's, and it's just absolutely disgusting in another. You know, I, I, and, and I have to say this. We're talking about a man that called white supremacists, you know, fine people after the Charlottesville situation. He actually came out, he said, some of these people who are fine people. But, but listeners, y'all need to understand, he called these guys that were kneeling sons of bitches. Now, that's not, now, now I don't understand that nobody got killed you know, because players are protesting, you know, an injustice in the country. That's what we're supposed to be about. Let me also add something to you all that, that you may not know, Dave, that a couple of weeks ago, the last time the Detroit uh, Lions played in, uh, played at uh, Ford Field in Detroit, in Detroit, that there was, they, during the national anthem, there was this couple, season ticket holders, African-American couple, that were uh, sitting during that time. Well, it just so happened that uh, one of the one of the other fans took a picture of them, said, "If you can't stand for the national anthem, then you know don't come to the games." And he put the caption under their name, "Ignorant N word," and he put this on on his uh, Facebook account. Needless to say, the Lions took action and uh, revoked this man's season tickets. Uh, good for them. But this is the kind of divisiveness that is that is being uh, going that's going on in this country. People need to understand this. And when you have a president that's so out of touch that he's going in here, and he's trying to play to somebody. He doesn't understand the gravity 
of playing that game, all right? Uh, this isn't 1960, all right? This isn't 1958. This isn't 1858, okay? People have rights, and people have inalienable rights, and they realize that, all right? And you're going to get somebody hurt. This, this, you know, you, you, you're messing with the, the NFL, that's one thing. But your followers and, and other people in America, you know, start listening to that rhetoric, and they think that that's the way you're supposed to treat people. That's my greater concern about all of this. I'm glad to see finally. Of course, you see the owners where their special interest now is 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 uh, directly being being uh, tainted with. They have to take a stand. Don't get it twisted. Don't think that all of a sudden now that the moral compass has changed. It hasn't. These people are now being challenged. Their money is in jeopardy. They can see the ratings too. Okay, you got two teams out in Los Angeles. You can't get you can't get them to fill up the stadium nowhere. You know, so these things are starting to affect their bottom line. Now you got the president coming out here saying some crazy stuff. So yeah, it looks great that you have um, you have uh, these owners and folks being unified in the protest. For those of us on this side, we already knew about that. But again, don't get twisted. Did nobody all of a sudden, you know, say, "Oh, this is this is wrong"? It's just now starting to touch their bottom line. And, and another group that has kind of been silent as in baseball. And uh, Bruce Maxwell, who's a rookie catcher uh, for the Oakland A's. Um, I saw that, yes. Kneels, but, but also has uh, his hat across his chest. And, like, that just, um, I wouldn't say it blew me away, but but it was, it told you where we had, we, we had gone. Um, because baseball, besides football, has always tried to create this kind of patriotic space. You know, people have branded it in a way that it's American pie. Um, and uh, to have somebody not be happy, where you you could you could be down in Triple uh, 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 A, Single A, or whatever. Like, I mean, they really could put you out in the El Segundo. You could be, you know, that's about baseball. You could be in a little town somewhere else the next day. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, uh, because there's many more people coming through the pipeline, that's part of this is that there are people who are willing to take a risk, right? Like, we've gotten to a point where folks' value systems and, and what they believe have outweighed the consequences, right? When you have a rookie like this who, you know, is just trying to make it, right? And in baseball, you could spend a long time trying to make it, right? But, but, Willing to put that on the line for uh, for a deeper cause, to me that's that's something that has to be plotted, and that's real sacrifice, particularly in a space like that where you got a much more older group, right? Um, right. Uh, probably it's Oakland, but you know it's probably you know probably less diverse. Um, you already see what's happening with Latino ball players in terms of what they've had to take, just people reacting to things that they have, they think are culturally relevant. And so, um, you know, they've had their own issues. Uh, but to see that happen as well uh, was interesting. And I know you do stuff with Inside the Park and you look at baseball a lot. You know, you know, what was it like to see someone like that? But plus, you know, you know, maybe give people some insight to the fact that, you know, this is a rookie catcher. Well, you know what, I, I'm, I'm glad to see, to see that, at least in baseball, that there is some awareness now. Now, keep in mind, um, with baseball, with 
it, it, it's just no one's no one's seeing it as much. There's been a couple of players that that has tried to uh, offer a little bit of uh, resistance to it, but these owners in baseball will send you out of here if you if you try to make a statement. Yeah, I think a little bit more so. Plus, in baseball, you know, I had that conversation with someone earlier today. Baseball, you you have a more of a Hispanic base than you do an African American base. Uh, and the, the awareness there, while I think it's there still, it's 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 just not seen as much. That's why I think when you've seen Murphy do what he did, it all of a sudden be like, oh wow, here we go here, here we go here. Okay, and again with baseball, here's the thing about baseball too, because baseball is played every day. Uh, the, the national anthem is played every day. All right. So, you, and and while it may not sound like much, uh, it, you you can draw, you can really really draw attention to yourself every time it's being played. Uh, you got a four game series, and you and you kneeling all the time, all the time, or and, and most of the time in baseball, uh, they don't even come out to the third baseline unless it's a big game. They usually stay in the dugout or on the field. So it's it's. It's just not there yet, D. That, that's, I guess that's what I'm getting to. It's not there yet. I kind of wonder where it goes after this weekend, and it would be interesting to see where, where what, what happens, especially now that we're getting close to playoff season in baseball. We actually start the playoffs next week. It's going to be interesting to see if players from these teams really start to take a stand when there's more when there's more of, uh, attention on them versus like during the regular season. And then our then our, our sister Jamel Hill came out <laughs> eight mile style Detroit. The only bad thing she's a Spartan, you know. We from Ann Arbor, but I still got love for yeah. her. Far. Man, she she went all in uh, on on forty five, called white supremacist, and then they tried to come after her ESPN. And uh, to try to get them to put pressure on them to get to take their job. Um, I mean, people are putting stuff on the line, and I mean, I, and I love her perspective. I've always loved her perspective. I think she is someone who is um, uh, does not do things on knee jerk in a sense. She's hilarious. You follow her on Twitter, but she is committed to community issues. You can tell, um, and um, you know, knew she had a platform to do it, but you know, she did that Detroit style, man. Like folks from Michigan, <laughs> when she does what she does, can understand. Like now, that's the Michigan coming out in her. That's Detroit, that's the whatever. And um, the way in which um, these folks who are who have platforms are using it is really amazing to me because you know one of the things that. Um, you know, my own background in training, um, you know, I, I look at uh, adult continuing edge and higher education. And one of the things that um, when you look at education globally and you look at um, uh, trying to create opportunities globally, one of the vehicles that um, folks thought would be very powerful tool, um, if you if you someone who is um, reading someone like Paul or Freddy or something like that, um, where you're talking about how do you activate the, the oppressed. One of the things was, one of the equalizers that was thought was power technology. 
Um, and we're seeing that being used in different countries in, in terms of um, improving conditions, electricity, water, everything else. But it's also a way of galvanizing a global message when you have a platform. And um, I think that's something that people have a really good awareness of. And I think people like Jamel understand the power of that platform. I, I know uh, folks like LeBron understand like, like these messaging, you know, like in previous movement of any of this kind, if you think about uh, uh, when, uh, when they came together in Cleveland for the economic summit um, with Jim Brown, that was, you know, they, they had reporters there, took pictures, but it was really kind of contained. Um, they have the ability, anyone has the ability to have that impact globally. So, you know, when you have someone like, you know, we have Jamel having that kind of statement when she's got that kind of platform, that thing goes global quick. And, you know, but the, but the, the, um, the vial and the response also goes global, like the intensity. Like when you look at her Twitter lines and what, you know, what, how people respond and the way in which she's got with a deep level of hate and pent-up struggle response is, and the way in which she just carries herself. Is amazing. Um, you know, I know I've been going through because I've been I've been out here on the social media platform going back and forth on folks, and I'm hitting them with the left and the right and the uppercut. That's just kind of how I get down. And so, and watch her push it, you know, out there. That kind of just started this more recent run. You know, uh, it was it seemed like like that incident so long ago. If you think about it, doesn't it feel like, like it wasn't that long ago? But it seems like no, it, wasn't. it was two or three. It's, huh? It seemed like two or three. Like two or three weeks ago, right? <laughs> you, you you would think it happened uh, what <laughs> last year? Yeah. Hell, I mean, that's, that's how fast this stuff goes. And then as I look up, I look up and Stevie Wonder's kneeling. I'm just like, right. oh, now we got Stevie in it. They try to go after Stevie. Um, and what you see is. Folks who are holding on, like one of my one of my former students, is like Devon, you know, why are you interacting with, you know, these folks that you know who are racist? And I said, I already know who I am. I don't worry about this. It's much it's, it's much harder to maintain a lie than the truth. Right. And what you see is folks who are who are reaching and trying to hold on to this stuff, even though evidence is counter that. You know, even though they don't want to understand the, the, the dynamics of power and privilege. None of these things that have been historical. So, you know, but to watch what she went through and to see that and also see folks come to her aid and to be there, particularly in the uh, broadcasting and um, journalism community, uh, was was powerful. You know, Bill Rowan said something uh, on the show where he said, you know, ESPN, this is back to your point about money. You know, he said something like 32% of ESPN audiences is black. That's a lot of money. Right, right. And you see, you see, well, you the see question it, too, you, you gotta that. say, is how are you gonna? What are you going? What are you going to? If you're if you're ESPN, what are you disciplining her on? You know, what are you disciplining her on? Because she called the president a white supremacist. But the problem with that is, if that's how he was acting, and during the time, that's exactly what he did. You know, he defended Nazis and he, and he defended white supremacists. That's what he did. Okay, that's not nothing that Jamel did. She didn't. She didn't sit here and throw out an opinion. That's what the president showed everybody in this country. 
and he was denounced by a lot of people that's above her pay grade. Okay, she just brought it to her audience. Okay, and 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 the fact that you know there was so much vitriol from some people and so much hatred and and threats to her for saying that and 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 actually. Uh, calling her out of her name, using the N-word, and all kind of terrible yeah. things. I read some of the responses, you know, and it's like, so so. what what are we really saying here? If we don't address this as a country, you know, we know what's wrong. And I, and that's the thing. You know, I got a corner phrase from the great Dennis, uh, Dennis, um, Denny Green, who said he he are who said we are who they thought we were. He is who we thought he is. When we're talking about mm-hmm. this man, okay, and and he keeps on doubling down on this ridiculous, foolish divisiveness. All right, and you're absolutely right. She called it like it is, and and. You know, ESPN still kind of, I felt like they should have defended her more, had her do some some cockamamie apology and everything. Listen, you cannot keep on sugarcoating the turd, uh, D. It's still going to stink underneath. All right, so I hope I didn't offend anybody like right about that, but that's the fact of what we're dealing with in this country right now. Everybody keeps on trying to smooth over, but this is just downright wrong. This man holds the, 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 the highest office you know, in the country. And he's out here playing these games and, and, and truly, truly playing games with people's lives, okay, with this divisiveness and, 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 and where he's going with it. So let's not let's not start shooting the messengers for speaking out for what's going on here. I applaud Jamel Hill, even though she's a Sparty. You know, I, she she ain't all bad, I guess. <laughs> well, well, one of the things that you got to say is I think we're at a point where um, – you want to be known, which side of history do you want to be on? And I think people, before I don't think people are really thinking about that, but what side of history do you want to be on? Absolutely. And I think in, in the sports space, maybe I'll move into my drop the mic comment. So why, why don't I do that? Because you and I hit this pretty good. I'm going to move into my okay. drop the mic here. So I can just, let me just drop this mic real quick. You know, we are moving into a point right now. It's like, where do you want to be? When your grandkids ask, where were you on this issue? What will you say? Organizationally, you've got to be like, where were you on this issue? What What will you say? What will the evidence? And no other time in history that people can track your evidence. You can track it. Your grandkids, your great-grandkids, they can track what you said on social media. They can Google you, whatever that might be for them in 30, 40 years. There will be evidence about what you can say. And when I see some of the folks that I knew as third graders, some of the things that they say, they will they will in third in, in twenty years when their kids look at it like you really said that. You don't know who your family's going to be made up of in in in, in ten to fifteen years. There's an old saying; it's really simple: love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. If you want to say why should we do it, because you, you, you must love thy neighbor. And when I hear the tone of someone that it doesn't it doesn't align with that. And I know where you stand. But if you listen to us, you can always know our on the right side of history. To the end, we'll see you next time. One mic.